0: Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.
1: It is November 5th, 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanoa and Issa NYC Demon Diva. And uh, it's 820 here on the Pacific Coast. Uh, are we all still employed i feel like with all these releases going around you know i just need to keep checking my status i haven't checked
2: my phone in an hour so for all i know i could have been fired but i'm here today might be working oh for free god. but i'm here today god.
3: you know what technically speaking we could all be fired because they sent us the link yesterday but nobody's talked to us today
2: nope so no, I, I mean they didn't anybody.
3: change they didn't change the login for us to do the show so maybe we still have a job oh my god <laughs> so there's so much to
1: talk about tonight but it's all overshadowed WWE just really knows how to uh, step on their own narrative, right? I mean, nobody's thinking about SmackDown tonight. It was a, it was a so-so show. It was what it was. But I think we're just all still reeling from the extensive what was it? Eighteen wrestlers 18. between the main roster and
2: NXT um, released yesterday. Yeah. I mean that is, I mean, let's just get right into it. That's our top news story right now. 18 <laughs> wrestlers released. I'll name them all. Some of these very shocking. Uh Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, Scarlett Bordeaux, B Fab, uh, Grand Mental League, Lindsay Dorado. Eva Marie, Keith Lee, Mia Yim, Harry Smith, Oni Lorkin, Frankie Monet, Ember Moon, Trey Baxter, Jesse Kamea, Jeet Rama, Zayda Ramirez, and Katrina Cortez in an absolute bloodbath. Uh, some stories coming out of this in terms of reaction. Naya Jax took to Twitter, talked about how she had to take a mental health break and a leave of absence and was taken by surprise at being released uh, in this manner. Keith Lee wanted to make sure everybody knew that he did not come up with the Bearcat character. Karen Cross called his helmet a piece of shit and ember mood said all i can do is laugh so this is just been dominating the headlines right now in terms of another round of releases and you know you know a lot of the 90-day competes have come up like bray wyatt's uh, because it's around this time when they do their quarterly earnings when they're gonna have a new uh, stock price on wall street this is when they usually choose to do these mass releases. So in addition to these ROH releases with all these free agents out there, you can add 18 more. A lot of whom are very talented. Most, if not all um, have a lot of potential in the wrestling business, but an unprecedented amount of free agency and WWE continues to just, uh, you know, have heads roll cost cutting with many people believing that they are setting up for a sale, but we'll start with you. Isa, a lot to unpack here. What are your initial thoughts and reactions on the WWE releases?
3: I guess that's a lot of these names that I was um, very shocked by. I guess Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, obviously the two obvious ones. I was heartbroken about Frankie Monet. You guys know we've been Team Frankie since the beginning. Really heartbroken for BFAP. Felt like you just called them up. She looked part of it. The- Even Hit Road just felt different for me tonight. And, and it's Round not that the they church. did anything. Yeah, it's not that they did anything different. It's like what Glenn said. It's, this overshadows everything going on. And you start noticing the, the little changes. And Hit Road. She wasn't an issue there, so I never, I didn't understand why I let her go. All the speculation. I am, I, I think I don't know if it's gonna be Chris Jericho. I don't know who's going to be, but thirty and slash ninety days from now, because a lot of these guys only have thirty day clauses. They ended yeah. up having NXT contracts. Thirty to ninety days from now, a lot of wrestling podcasts out there are going to have a lot of people speaking their truths, and we're gonna have a lot of content to download and listen and sit through because there's a lot of speculation over what went on here, and there's a few of these people that I really cannot wait to hear their side of the story, especially Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Mia Yim, she never had a fair shot in, yeah. the, in, the, in the main roster. Keith Lee, how do you screw Keith Lee up? How? You know, you go back and think of his Survivor Series performance like that with Roman Reigns, that stare down with Brock Lesnar. Did, did, I, I would assume everybody wanted to see that match at some point. You have champions out there that have absolutely nobody to contend with right now. Who, who's going to beat Roman Reigns? Really, think about it. Nobody. But you're going to fire somebody like a Keith Lee or a Karrion Cross who could, mm. you, you could insert them into any championship feud right now. It just seems ridiculous. But I get it. It's a business and they're trying to make their numbers. But it, it seems, I don't know, not very tasteful to do that at the same time as you bragging about how much money you made in the last quarter.
1: I feel like with NXT, they've broken up what is perhaps the strongest women's roster in
2: yeah. the history of professional wrestling
3: ember mm-hmm. moon i forgot yeah. to mention that one that one really upset me as well
2: a lot so, of these people like yeah. moon at their peak were just white hot and were huge stars in terms of wow when they get to the main roster watch out but i mean this really kind of points to that fundamental change in philosophies that's really screwed a lot of these careers up in wwe i mean i've been thinking about this especially with the influx now of women's talent hitting the market again
1: um, I mean, look, AEW is already struggling to do right by many of the women on the roster. Limited numbers of matches, limited opportunities. The second title is definitely going to help. Um, you know, Impact doesn't really get a lot of, uh, a lot of coverage. Uh, NWA as well. Um, ROH with their issues. I mean, their women's division is a viable option. I mean, I almost wonder, I, I don't think the answer is women of wrestling, but I do think the man, now is the time. If somebody savvy like a Mickey James wanted to go, how use something like WeFunder, where you can get like it's not like GoFundMe uh, or Kickstarter. You can actually have people invest in own shares. I think now is the time if there was going to be a serious national TV ready independent promotion. Now, I mean, there's just this abundance of great talent that's that's TV ready and could really thrive in this uh, in
2: this environment. there's gonna have to be there is an abundance of free agents and not a lot of promotions it's crazy when we came out of this pandemic i remember before the pandemic there was just one promotion after another there was one year at wrestlemania 34 i believe um or it might have been the year before that too where there was so many independent shows it seemed like there was just all these endless abundance of independent promotions but now we've opened back up and most of them have just disappeared gcw is doing great work uh and there's a few of them mlw is still out there but you know even if all these rosters from MLW, WWE, AEW, if they fill all their rosters to capacity, even if that happens, there are going to be scores of very talented free agents without a job, and they're just going to have to start their own thing. I mean, I've gotten an extra step seeing all these black free agents at the same yeah. time. Saying, you should start your own promotion. There should be a black wrestling uh, promotion that they could start. Uh, there's a lot of different options, but a lot of these wrestlers are going to have to probably get creative and start their own shop because there just isn't enough room right now on the wrestling scene to house all of these free agents, which is very sad.
1: And what's crazy, Alfred? I think that's a great idea. I think you should absolutely do that. I think um, that if you look at fans wanting to literally put their money where their mouth is, I think crowdfunding mm-hmm. is a great way to do real investment, give real equity, real sense of ownership from the fans. Um, I mean, it makes me wonder, like, you know, we don't hear anything about Shimmer anymore. I don't really know a lot right. about their inner workings <laughs> as a company, but there's got to be there's got to be someone that could take advantage of these opportunities because yeah, it's like AEW. I don't think is viable. I think AEW's got room for
2: what maybe like. Three more. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could argue they've already got too many people. I mean, they don't release people, so that's pretty magnanimous of them. But if you look at that roster and the TV time they have, they might have too many people already. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know, man. Right. And right. then it's
1: further complicated because um, – so what, what was the story? Was it the New York Post that broke a story about this last night? In terms of yes, uh, the a- releases? Yeah, about the releases, about the reasoning behind some of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that was the New York
2: Post had a thing about it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, there have been uh, speculation about vaccination status um, in terms of some wrestlers were released due to not being vaccinated. We don't know who those are. It could be anywhere from four to eight. Uh, Nobody knows the actual number. So I'm sure that's something that's going to come out. And then, of course, WWE with their women in particular is going through a a youth movement where they want them, you know, 23 to 25 years old they've had that mandate out for the men in terms of wanting bigger wrestlers with uh who aren't as well traveled on the indies and they kind of want clean slates that they can work on so you know WWE is just not going to be in the business of hiring a lot of wrestlers they're going to be in the business of cutting a lot of wrestlers and i just think that what wwe does better right now than they ever have before is the business end is they make more money than ever they're not good at booking professional wrestling anymore uh, they're really you know the stories that they're telling and whatnot are not as good as when they were at their peaks so now they're just focusing on what they're good at which is cost cutting you know getting that <laughs> stock price up making millions of dollars off an entertainment company, which they have done a phenomenal job doing.
3: Are you cost-cutting when you're letting go of people that are probably making the bare minimum? Some of these names, you have to understand, were probably not making something that I will say, oh, yeah, this is going to really save our numbers when it comes to cost-cutting, which makes it questionable. At the same time, also, some of those names were not being used on TV. So on the business perspective, it does make sense. Why am I paying a salary that I'm not utilizing? I'm not getting any ROI on this salary. But it's like you're also cutting people that are probably not really making. I mean, a, a lot of the names that we had already seen on the main roster were still going to, were still under NXT contracts. Yeah, which We saw that right. when they were discussing who has thirty day clause and this and that. But I'm just saying, like, and I also don't want anybody to lose their job, let alone anybody making, you know, more just be, for it to be considered oh, yeah. cost reduction. But when you tell me Bray Wyatt, which obviously we all know, there's a lot of speculation as to why he was. You know, let go. I personally thought Bray Wyatt's merch sold very well. I'm pretty oh, sure there did. was a lot of return on investment with Bray Wyatt, but that's a name that I would assume is making a lot of money. A Braun Strowman, but these names that we heard today, I doubt that they were on top of their salary cap. You know,
1: yeah. If this if this was 25 years ago, the fiend would still be on WWE TV
2: with Bray Wyatt. Out of the company.
3: There's, they're still releasing merchandise for him. Yeah, yeah, they are.
2: They just—I mean, I just have a story on it on Forbes, read to where there's a toy line that what? they released with John Cena, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Hulk Hogan, and Bray Wyatt, the Fiend. So they're still getting that money uh, off of Bray Wyatt. It shows how much of a merch mover he is. That you know. Well, they were—they were they, were they paying
3: CM right. Punk for years, right? Afterwards, it was the video game. It was because of the video game, but they had—they were paying. Yeah, they were paying CM Punk also for a little while because they were using his likeness for some of the stuff. So yeah. at least they're like they're still trying to make their money off of them. I mean, they do own some of these characters, and I believe the Phoenix is one that they own.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, the cult of Wyndham or uh whatever it is he's teasing now. I
3: can't <laughs> wait. Like, but it's, I know. it's it's already been a week, bro. Like, come on. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. Like, I mean and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think AEW only has room for like Bray, and I think They're kind of
2: full after that. Right? I, I mean, mean, I don't even know if they, I mean, I would like to see Bray Wyatt there or land somewhere where he can use his creative vision on a big platform, but it's right. fair to question whether they do, in fact, I mean, they have room on AEW Dark for a lot of these indie guys, which is where I see a lot of them kind of shuffling in and working and not necessarily getting a full time contract. But I mean, this, you know, it, it's been like kind of Pavlovian to be like, oh, they should go to AEW because it's a competing <laughs> company. That's just not the solution, especially when you look no, at the that's field not of how creative. It works. It's not going to be, and, you know, A lot of these guys are going to have to start their own shops, which I'm all for it. I'm all for wrestlers taking ownership of their own brand and starting their own thing. And, um, you know, a lot of these indies are going to help them along the way, but there just aren't as many as there used to be. Here's what we need. Somebody text Mark
1: Cuban or Warren Buffett. We need another billionaire to start a promotion.
2: Tyler Perry (laughs)
1: presents Pro Wrestling. I like it. Oh, my God. Alfred, there you go. (laughs) Tyler. And he's got his own studio. In Atlanta, it's yeah, perfect. yeah, huge studio in Atlanta. He runs Atlanta now. Oh my god, that, that would be perfect. That would moving be to those Turner studios, there we go. <laughs> like, we just yeah. we need more competition. There's an influx of talent, but I don't know, I don't know how they all survive and thrive. I mean, they look at a situation like with Danhausen. I mean, you've got someone that's like the hottest independent wrestler. is now going to do a me for his medical bills. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a weird freaking time right now. I feel like there's more money to be made, but you start spreading it so thin. After a while, I'm afraid that wrestling is about to become like uh, like music has sort of become where it's like you could have a name, but you're still not.
2: You could have a name. You can tour, but you're still grinding out a middle class living. Right. That's, I mean, that's kind of grim. But I mean, that's a very on point analogy in terms of, you know, the money that's in pro wrestling at that level right now.
3: Yeah, you can take after Thunder Rosa, who is in the chat blogging mm. her own. Uh, wrestling company that she started mission pro wrestling so oh, <laughs> there's a lot of people think. out there that are start, that are doing their own thing and you have to you ha- i mean it's a movement and there's enough people out there that have been released that you could really make a difference right now if you get all of these people together and let's let's make a difference let's make it happen look how how aew got started and look at where it's at now if you just get the right amount of fans behind you and the right billionaire behind you <laughs> there's no reason why this couldn't happen
2: yeah, true. Definitely. I mean, you mentioned Mark Cuban. He is a wrestling fan. He's a guy who does love wrestling and has done things there. I mean, but yeah, there's there's going to need to be something like that that comes along if there's going to be another independent promotion that runs the way ROH did. But and he, it's he, a can business
1: business. he can literally go by Money Mark Cuban. I mean, come on.
2: Ah, <laughs> There you go. That's perfect. I'd <laughs> sure, love that.
1: Uh, but I mean, this is crazy. And the vaccination thing just adds another wrinkle to this because I think that Given just the reality of the situation and that requirement, it's going to be very hard for this talent to work um, if that becomes more and more regularity. Is AEW requiring vaccination? I know uh, Eddie Kingston tonight in his promo reference sitting out because of potential COVID exposure, but it seems like major promotions, this is going to be a requirement going forward.
3: I mean, I would assume it has to be only because a lot of the venues in which they're performing at are requiring these vaccinations. I know in New York City, you cannot go anywhere near without having this vaccination card. You can even enter a McDonald's right now without showing your vaccine card. So while I understand that it's everybody's choice, I would assume that with the traveling and the venues, they have to become a little more strict with what they expect. You know, it's either that or your traveling with tests, but I think some places are requiring now that you have, like not even the test, you have to have the vaccination if you're, you know, qualified for it.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, take aside the the pandemic and the, the politics of that. But it's like, look, man, if you don't pay your taxes, the government will not let you collect a paycheck until they get paid. If you don't register your car, your, your driver's license, you can get fined, you know, uh, for, for not going through the legal channels there. If that's a requirement, that's just a reality to work in the field that they want to work in. And I don't
2: think one person's going to be able to rock the boat or buck that trend. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm finding out the hard way as a part owner of the Green Bay Packers, my quarterback, the best quarterback in the world, will not be on the field this Sunday because he did not get vaccinated. But we are still going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs 30-24 to in overtime. You heard it here first. There you sure. go. What's Brett doing? Can they just bring him back? Is he still an option? Uh, he's going through his own problems right now, but uh, you know who knows? Maybe he could come back and <laughs> – play for the Green Bay packers oh wait, bro, listen st louis is just a play right away hit holla at your boy Green Bay. I'll, I'll go on the field and uh hand the ball out to aaron jones
1: marcus thomas five dollars will the wwe have enough wrestlers for the royal rumble after all the releases keith lee and Karrion cross
2: were future royal rumble winners yeah i mean hopefully i can't tell you for sure let's see we got another three months so in January, is probably going to be the next round of cuts. That'll be right around the Royal Rumble. So, I mean, maybe they'll do the Royal Rumble and then cut, like, everybody who got eliminated. Yeah. That'll be the stipulation. If you don't win the Royal no, Rumble, you get thrown over the top, you're done.
3: Oh, no. At this point, what they need to do is just have the Royal Rumble in which it's just the countdown every 90 seconds and it's just Roman standing there asking people to <laughs> acknowledge every 90 seconds 30 times because... Well,
1: <laughs> I'm telling you, I could almost see them doing it tonight, the way they coded uh, Roman talking about everyone's, you know, the last week that they had. I could see them, I'm, I joked about this, but they, I could see this for Survivor Series, that there's a stip that some people are getting like future endeavor, you know, lose, losers on Survivor Series uh, lose that contract spot. I think they're almost callous enough to play into, quote unquote, their reality for a storyline. Yeah,
2: that that we were talking on Wednesday about how great it is to see AEW embrace like a real-life storyline and, and kind of weave it into what they're doing in a thoughtful way. And I think this would be the complete opposite of taking these people's lives and being like, hey, let's make a storyline of this, brother. Hey, two
1: words <laughs> for you, Drake Maverick. Um,
2: <laughs> that again.
1: <laughs> I'm never going to let that one go. That is going to be, like tr- 20 years from now, people are going to still talk about like, that is some of the craziest shit that we never got the. I, mean, I wonder if we'll ever get the full truth on it. Yeah, you know, but that was just nope. nuts. Um. So, okay, what else we got in the news? Because we got we got shows to talk about tonight.
2: Yes, we do have shows. A uh, real quick, uh, kind of ill timed story here. WWE released their financials, and boy, are they making a lot of money. Two hundred and fifty-five point eight million dollars in revenue for the quarter, up fifteen percent, mainly due to ticket sales and coming back on tour. But also being on tour did cut into their costs. Might explain why they had to make so many cuts uh, because their net income was down, down to forty-three point five million in the quarter, uh, which was up, of course, this time last year because they weren't running these live crowds. And uh, the nine months ended in September. They have made seven hundred and eighty-five million. They will be flirting with a billion dollars by the end of this year. Uh, But listen, this is a company that cares more about its stock price these days and possibly, I don't know this for a fact, but I think anybody looking from the outside in thinks that they're paring this down, getting it ready for sale. If somebody comes along, there are potential suitors who I think they can make a lot of money off of this. And uh, you see how much money they're making compared to all these roster cuts they're making. And it is a head scratcher. But, you know, if there is a grander story to this, it really would make sense that they are cost cutting right now, even though that's very sad.
3: Yeah, and they're so close to a billion dollars that now it makes me wonder who's getting cut so that they can hit the billion dollars. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> they want to really race to the finish. They bar. really
3: want to <laughs> say that, so they're just going to cut a couple more people just to get to the billion dollars on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good for them for making money. I figured, I, I was actually curious to see, I'm a big p nerd and I love seeing these figures. I was very curious to see what the numbers would change because I thought going back on the road was really going to, um benefit them but i know the cost that comes with running so many shows on the road yeah. um so you can you can actually see that in their operations cost right now has gone up but it's not like it affects them in any way because they're still a money-making company yeah it's such
1: a weird time man you know i mean you think about it and if i almost wonder if more wrestlers should start buying wwe stock at least that way, benefit on the back end of it, right? Put
2: your savings yeah. there. It's like that way it's like it's not a negotiated
3: onto your contracts, yes. You
2: should. It would be a good – I mean, they'd never mm-hmm. go for this, but to get a couple of points in stock options with WWE wouldn't be the worst move to do, especially around 2022-23. Listen to your Uncle Alfie. Buy stock in WWE around 2022. You can even do it now. But when they have that next TV rights deal, it's at around $60 right now. I see that thing going up to maybe past 100 when they – because they're going to get an increase in whatever they make off the TV come 2023. So that's a good thing to hold on to if you got a little change hanging around. Disclaimer for the SEC.
1: We are not investment
2: professionals. (laughs) What we're saying does
1: not constitute as financial advice.
2: I'm just Uncle Alfie here. I'm just a relative. I'm not a professional with the SEC. Please don't come for me.
1: Yeah, I can't give the Wall Street Bets disclaimer, but, uh, you know, we're going to do our best to uh, lay it out there. Um, or or we need more wrestling crypto. Why MJF Coin came and went so fast. Yeah. You know, maybe some NFTs. I don't know. We got to figure out something.
2: Yeah, WB, shout it out to NFTs. They're really in that business right now. They're, they're
1: really in that business yeah. with all the unsold
0: NFTs.
2: Yeah, they're really trying for that <laughs> NFTs. So they're trying to get it on the ground floor, but they remain on the ground. <laughs> And the last story, really quick, AEW Dynamite down pretty big, 878,000. They were at 941,000 the week before, uh, so they were down 7%. Their demo was the worst since July 7th. I was shocked by this number, but I guess, you know, a lot of real-life things tend to affect the AEW audience. So there were elections that day, and uh, I think that might have affected them. (laughs) Yeah, that really affected it. People were really, uh, you know, it was under a million. It was at like nine hundred and forty thousand. So I was thinking, oh, they're just getting used to AEW being back on Wednesdays, so it'll probably hit the million the next week. And that didn't happen at all. But uh, yeah, listen, I think the elections might have affected us too. Wait, it. Were the, we the elections on Tuesday? They might. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey,
1: Tuesday or Wednesday? Okay, maybe they was. Maybe it was. It was. Like it, was it was the aftermath of the elections. They were so distraught. By the really nail biter
2: like, in Virginia, New Jersey. <laughs> They're still really in Jacksonville uh, at these uh, election results of the Democrats just being slaughtered. Uh, but, yes. uh, <laughs> <laughs> wait,
3: it wasn't that. No, that was on Tuesday, too, right? When did the World Series end? That was Tuesday.
2: Also. Yeah, I think the, the NBA did take out of it.
3: Oh, uh, it was the NBA then, because I know every week we got to find a reason, right? We cannot just hit yeah, can the ratings. The
2: uh, are down. The products get a nice cold, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's a good number for AEW. That's two weeks now under a million. So pay attention to what they do on Wednesday heading into full gear because they're not going to have any, again, not a lot of competition like they did last week. And uh, I would expect it to be around a million, but um, the number seems to be very slacking. If
1: AEW had Tony D'Angelo, just imagine.
2: Oh
3: Oh, my God, they will be at 5 million. 100%.
1: Oh man. i was still thinking about that. That's still the best thing I've seen this week. The, the Tony, Tony D'Angelo, D'Angelo appearance on last. Alfred, year,
3: did you watch movie? it? Did you watch? Uh, I did. Oh, yeah. did you watch Tony D'Angelo?
2: Yeah, okay. I did it I, was enjoyed so good. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed his yes. friends. I enjoyed a goon on camera. That's
1: my guy. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston and CM Punk tonight. Close oh. second. Close Brilliant. second. Close second, yes,
2: yes. Nothing will ever talk about Oh, Tony that was D'Angelo. good. That, I can't but wait to talk amazing. about it. Amazing. That's and all then- I want to talk about from Rampage.
1: And, and Tony, I'm just putting it out there to your friends at sanitation. I stuck out all these boxes I got to recycle. If you could just send somebody by <laughs> off-cycle pickup, I'd appreciate it. Uh, okay, so let's. Uh, oh man, we got to talk about the wrestling shows tonight, don't we? Nisa, um, <laughs> you, you let's like you like this with Roman Reigns? Let's start with
3: SmackDown yeah, because you like at this the beginning Roman of that Rams show, kid? he said he he cut a promo talking about running around naked, and that was ah! <laughs> 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 Look, Glenn is already like this is already going down here. But he I, said I, it, he, he said it. You guys heard him. He said I it. Heard he it. said his wife was loving it. I'm like sure she was. I even did a cheers to her, man. Lucky woman.
1: <laughs> so Issa got the vapors during Roman's promo. And,
3: <laughs> As usual.
1: Yes. Um, so Actually, just...
3: my favorite part was when he said, uh, little nameless city Acknowledge me. Like, he didn't yeah. even give Evansville the time of the day to call them by name, which they, I thought was really, funny.
2: They played around with that a lot. Even uh, Woods came out and said Evansville because there's those long-standing rumors that Vince doesn't like certain small cities being named. So they really leaned into that tonight. I thought that was very funny.
3: Listen, I have been to Evansville. It's not the most exciting place on earth. No hate on
1: anybody from there. Oh, man. I'll tell you, like, this was a good opening promo. But this is that kind of thing where it's like reality at the expense of, like, stepping on their own pop. Because Roman out there saying literally the show sucked last week because I wasn't on it. It's almost as bad as Raw. Like, I know this pops the, the internet wrestling community. But you, this is not how you sell – this is not how you sell, like, your company or your image. You know, it you know reminds me of when uh, Yo-Yo came out with her third album, You Better Ask Somebody. And she <laughs> admitted that her previous album, Black Pearl, was whack in the lyrics to a song.
2: And it's like, don't diss your own shit. Yeah, everyone mean- said uh, on his recovery album, he said, relapse, I was on drugs. Recovering, I was flushing them out. It's like, that's two albums that she just buried. And I thought they were two very yeah. good albums.
3: Yeah, that, but they weren't his best. Um, that being said, we were just talking about how we like when they play with real things into the storyline. So why not Roman Reigns come on and speak the truth? The show, it sucks without him. I did think Monday Night Raw this week was actually good. I didn't hate it. <laughs> so I was like, I don't, I don't know why you're hating on Raw. This might be the only week that I was like, you know what? This show was not bad. And I even went back and listened to a couple of reviews because I was like, I was there live. And, you know, life is always a different experience. And that crowd was a lot of fun. But no, no, no. Raw was good. So I was like, come on, Roman, don't hate. Give him a little bit of credit. Raw t- I will t- say
2: this. I think this is strategic because even though they haven't really promoted Survivor Series, the tagline for Survivor Series every year is Raw versus SmackDown. Only time of year you'll right. see them. So maybe he's just thrown it, not- it out there so that hopefully a babyface Biggie comes out there and says, hey, you're not going to talk about Raw like that. And that's how they set that off for the Raw and SmackDown guys to go one on one.
3: But Alfred, is that the tagline? Because we don't have a single match set up for Survivor No, series. yeah, exactly. So we don't even know what they're, they're doing.
2: <laughs> I'm giving them too much credit. Possibly, maybe a week before the pay per view, they'll throw all this together at us. But uh, if they do decide to promote this pay per view, maybe that's a story that they go. with. No, I think <laughs> you know they just. To
1: <laughs> no, they just to get Roman and Biggie, and then Wilma, Wilma Valderrama comes out, and they play Yo Mama. <laughs> they bring that back.
3: Show. that was a good. Wasn't that was like 20 like years ago. That, that show was on. <laughs> It was a ripoff of –
1: what was it when HBO had snaps? That's what it was kind of a ripoff of, HBO snaps. Yeah, definitely. That that was a superior version of Yo Mama. Uh, But no, I thought this was good tonight. I like how they set up the New Day versus the Usos. So Kofi and uh, Xavier came out and this idea that there was going to be a match night and then there was going to be bowing. Uh, to one party or the other and i loved how they had those drawings that were clearly photographs meaning they posed <laughs> with uh xavier bowing to roman and what was it jimmy bowing to uh
3: xavier, xavier. yeah, yeah dude,
1: xavier. Was it jimmy or was it jay now i'm, I'm confused it was, jimmy. it was jimmy jimmy yes uh yeah so i like how they set that up but it, i mean that was a fun stipulation and a fun through line in the show but it's like you have to admit, that's like a silly, like, that's your big storyline. We're going to take everyone's mind off all the releases. We're going to take everyone's mind off all the mediocrity. And this is going to just be tonight about someone's going to kneel before Zod. That's the show.
3: <laughs> right. Agreed. But at the same time, it was a fun, creative way to give us the Usos and the New Day possibly again, feeling fresh. Because the Usos and the New Day have feuded on multiple occasions, and this just feels a little bit different.
2: Yeah, and I like the fact that there was a through line. This is all I want for any wrestling show they do, whether I like the through line or not. I like the fact that they were promoting this for the whole show. The crowd was really into it by the end when they were chanting, bend the knee. I thought it was fun that they had these graphics and they had the story that they set up at the beginning and they were really hammering it home. And I do think that's going to help that final hour rating. So I think this should be more the norm in terms of them having a story that threads through the entire wrestling show. That's the, That's really what wrestling should be all the time. Were you happy with the payoff of the story, though? Well, when I thought he was going to bend the knee, I I thought it was very fun how they did it. But it it does make sense with Roman Reigns' character. I really do like it. I agree. He refuses to see anybody be acknowledged the way he wants to be acknowledged. So that was great for the Roman Reigns character.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and any time we end up with Roman Reigns' man bun coming apart and the hair being let loose, that's (laughs) a great payoff to any (laughs) Roman Reigns story. (laughs) You should, Issa, during the show,
1: uh, get get doctors to hook you up, or like with a portable like EKG machine. You can take, like, I can I don't really,
3: I have a I have a bad heart, so I don't oh, even try to look at it because it's probably not. Because you would the see,
1: and you, and you could just like release like the the seismographic readings.
3: <laughs> you might be onto something, then. I might I have think,
2: to do that. I might I start releasing
3: screenshots of my Apple Watch, like like monitoring my heart rate <laughs> sure. when
2: rolling on the screen. You, you absolutely should. Yeah.
1: Your watch starts saying you might be having some atrial fibrillation. No, it was just a Roman segment. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so we went from this, you know, and this didn't feel old to me. We had Naomi versus Shayna Baszler tonight. Uh, still continuing Naomi's uh, uh, conflict with Sonya Deville. Loved Naomi getting the win and then restarting the match. And then Shayna getting the
2: win. Alfred, what did you think of this? I really do like this storyline. I do think they're going to this well of Naomi losing one too many times. Like eventually she needs to get this comeuppance. And I'm afraid that if they keep beating her and keep beating her, by the time it's time for her to get that comeuppance, people will be like, oh, I mean, she's a loser. I don't care anymore. Because the WWE crowd is conditioned to when you lose too much, they're just going to lose trust and faith in you. And they're not necessarily following the week-to-week storyline because WWE is kind of trained you to, have instant gratification. So I absolutely love what they're doing from a storyline standpoint, but they're doing this one too many times, I think. And I think eventually we got to get to Naomi going one-on-one with Sonia DeVille. See, I love this Brian raising the chest and that was F what
1: Sonia did to Naomi. That's the point. That's why this is, yeah. I mean, they're just yeah. really, really going there and making this seem like the ultimate, like my boss has it in for me situation. Yeah.
3: Oh, 100%. But the fact that we, for a slight second, got to see Naomi win, yeah, you Sonia yeah. came out and took it back. It was great. I think they're doing a great job at making Sonia look like a heel here because I didn't know if it was going to work out with her, but she is killing it. And I really can, I, I'm still at that level where I cannot wait for Naomi to finally get her back. But I agree. I think at some point we have to see some kind of retaliation from Naomi here. Otherwise, um, it's going to get old. And and then when she gets it, people are just not going to believe in it anymore because they took so long to get there. But I I, I still am enjoying the storyline as much as I was. And I did like the way that the crowd popped for the one slight second that we thought that Naomi had won that match. Everybody was so happy. And that's something that Naomi does so well, which is just get the fans behind her. She's always been very good at that.
1: Do you think we ever get an in-character explanation from Sonia about her, uh, the way she's treating Naomi. And do you think they do a cop-out and try and have it where Sonia was like, I was trying to bring out the best in you.
2: I mean, did they already do that? They had that with the backstage interview where she essentially said that to Kayla Braxton, like, oh, this is, is that what what she was saying? Um, She's saying something like
3: that. Uh, I don't know that we're ever gonna get an explanation from it. Um, especially with Sonia being the heel figure here. She doesn't have to give any explanation. Yeah. Um, I but I, I can totally it. see it being a cop-out just because they don't want to play into you know what what the real reason could be why she's treating her that way and showing the favoritism. Yes. Yeah. I was
1: trying trying to unlock that ferocious competitor within you. Yeah. Like Yeah, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's gonna... that's what it was. I-
3: yeah, but how, how are you trying to unlock a ferocious competitor when she's begging you for a match every week and you're not giving it to her? If I that know. was your reasoning behind her, then you would let her wrestle anytime she asks you to.
2: Yeah, you I know. Fly.
1: They just they always try and pull something because they don't want anyone to ever be too tarnished. Right. right. <laughs> Which is unfortunate because that's what makes a great heel is someone who just literally
2: like, I'm evil and I don't care. Yeah, you got to like, go all the way with these things and, you know, kind of play to that. It's not, you know, I, I don't think she'd be tarnished. I think as a heel and she would get heat. And then whenever it's time to turn her, you know, wrestling goes in cycles. Yeah.
1: So uh, after that, oh, we had uh, the official name debut tonight of Umberto Carrillo and Angel Garza. Los Lotharios. Now that's, you uh, need correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's Spanish for the Lotharios, correct?
3: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Just making. That was my guess too. I took Spanish wow, one and guys. Spanish two. I don't remember much of it, but that did stick.
3: I'm I'm, I'm impressed. Your Menudo listening days have clearly it's paid off. Really, really helped.
1: Um, <laughs> so they won their match tonight um, against Cesaro and Mansoor. Uh, Issa what did you think of this uh, this match?
3: Um. So. This is the one thing that I also enjoyed a little bit on Monday Night Raw. It felt fresh. It felt like a matchup that we haven't seen. So when it comes to that, I mean, that was fun. But other than that, was it something that I was dying to see and it kept my attention the entire time? No, but it was a good matchup. It's, something... it's good to see the new rosters and see new people interact that we haven't seen before.
2: Yeah, especially because when they announced this match, they're like, against the makeshift team of Cesaro and Mensoor. And it's like, yeah, way to build that thing up. Like... Like, these two guys we just threw together are going to face Los Lotharios. Uh, but uh, I do think uh, Humberto Carrillo and Angel Garza are very talented wrestlers, uh, and I'm glad that they're actually doing something with them in terms of making them an actual tag team. I did like their music, but um, we'll see with this. You know, they, we'll see if WWE, just how far they go. They're not very invested in tag team wrestling, and for years they haven't really been invested in either of them individually in terms of getting behind them consistently. So we'll see if uh, this sticks.
1: Yeah. We'll see. Uh but they were putting them over on commentary tonight. So we'll see uh if this is gonna be the start of the I still think Bush.
3: menudo rejects would have made a better tag team name for them. They is it Lothario Spanish for F boys. No, uh, I don't even know what Lothario means honestly. I don't think I don't think
1: is Lothario necessary? I, I mean is it what's what's the origin of the word? Because I think it has the same meaning. It's Spaniard. But I've always heard it. I've heard it used before. Um Oh, it's uh, from a character in a play, apparently, like a lover boy, right? Yeah, but yeah, but one who like does not treat women well. F boys,
2: so, yeah, yes. they're called f boys.
3: No, menudo, no rejects. menudo rejects, menudo F-bo- rejects f f boys, anything better. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What else does it say about Lothario? For more on the origin of Lothario,
1: check out your local library. Uh, it was from a play in the 1700s, but uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go down the Wikipedia rabbit hole. We've got too much to cover. We've got yes. too much to talk about. Um, so, oh, Aaliyah backstage talking to Jeff Hardy interrupted and Aaliyah talking to Sammy Zane, not talking awesome. about their Canadian connection. Trying to give her advice. Sammy is the locker room leader. Aliyah <laughs> looked like a different I mean, not seeing her for a while, she looks so much more like mature and confident. She just had like a extra level of, of swag tonight that I think she didn't have in NXT. I thought she looked fant- fantastic.
3: I mean, she's looked great throughout the whole two backstage segments they're giving her. Like that's all yeah. they've done with her. I'm ready to see something else. I know she was um, doing a couple of dark matches, but I would love to see her just become involved in a real storyline other than I don't like the backstage segments without a purpose that I just feel like, "Hey, remember this person? Yeah, they're part of this roster," and that's what that felt like to me. I do think she has a great look.
1: Well, this her very presence weird,
2: too. Her presence is specifically what I was referring to. But go for yeah. it. Yeah, no, no, she she looked great, but like the, the segment itself was like Jeff Hardy was talking to her, just kind of you know being the elder statesman in, in a babyface way, and then he was about to do an interview, and he goes. He blows off the interview and just follows her because she's talking to Sami Zayn. There's no reason for him to be there. He just follows her over there because she was talking to Sami Zayn. And it was just so awkward. Like, why why does Jeff Hardy need to be here? I mean, can she not talk to Sami Zayn? Is he He's probably wondering if he's still an employee? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Like, hey, just
1: check it. Have you heard anything? I think my contract's probably up soon, you know?
2: <laughs> just email today. Yeah.
3: Uh I've been ignoring so, my phone all day, so I don't even know if I'm still an <laughs>
1: <laughs> But, okay, then we had uh, Drew McIntyre versus Ricochet. And, oh, they weren't done with Sammy for tonight. We'll, we'll get into that. But no, 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 uh, Drew McIntyre open challenge to Ricochet. So this was Ricochet's SmackDown debut, right? I believe so, right?
2: And he yeah. lost. Yeah, and he lost. Of course. Fun match, great finish, but, I mean... It's just, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre, they're really padding his stats with these uh, open challenge matches. It's a internet darling destruction tour is what I've deemed it. I think Cesaro is going to be next week. I think he beats Cesaro in five minutes next week. But here's my question, though. Why did they have this match?
1: Ricochet looks so good. Ricochet lost. And then Drew talked to him like he just got called up. Like, good job, kid. You, yeah. you keep showing heart like that, you're gonna go far in this business. Mutual what makes respect. you
3: think that him and Drew have interacted in the last year and a half? They probably. Yeah. Have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like open challenges for nothing. Well, I understand, like, oh, I want to wrestle. Let's see who wants to take on me. Okay, maybe once or twice. But if that's gonna become his thing every week, it's gonna get old pretty soon because I, I want to see open challenges for a title, you know. Um, and yeah, agree. Like I thought that Ricochet move to SmackDown was going to be beneficial for him. And as soon as I saw him answer to Drew McIntyre, I had a feeling he wasn't beating Drew McIntyre. So, you know, why? (laughs) You have Jeff Hardy following people around, do a match between Jeff Hardy and Ricochet or do something different. Don't put somebody that needs a win against somebody that needs a win. It doesn't make sense.
2: Yeah. Um, So that happened. He's going to be feuding with uh, Mustafa Ali, it looks like now. Which oh yeah, you know, was... they did that. They they had good matches and whatnot, but yes. I mean, they had a ma- good match. They didn't really do anything with them, and so that's what I expect now. They're just going to have good matches, and and it's not going to go anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, okay. So happy talk. I would hazard a guess they have more of WWE creative working on jokes for madcap Moss than they do on for all other stories combined. i WWE that. creative.
2: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did he even awesome. tell a joke this week? What was his big line? Oh, oh the, the whole Rick oops thing. And, uh, Oh you know, yeah. Nakamura? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: I'm happy to announce that at the time that he was about to say whatever joke he said, my stream froze and it came back and it was like moving like the the Viking Raiders were out. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. I'm happy about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) WWE's been working with Netflix a lot. They've got like the Vince thing coming out, the New Day thing. What would you think would happen if they announced like an hour-long Netflix comedy special from Mad Cat Moss? You think the wrestling fans would go for that? Oh, no. (laughs) I
1: like... I like dumb comedy. I always say, like the Simpsons and the, and the rake uh, joke. You know, was a great example of that. I like anti comedy. I think something like even Freddie got yeah. fingered has <laughs> its place in the uh, right. in the archive of modern American comedy. Madcap Moss is like somebody writing something they think is really clever, like anti comedy, and it's it's just bad, man. It's really, really just bad.
2: I do think that's yes. what they're going for, but I think they're doing too good of a job at it.
3: I totally think if you're gonna cool. do the Netflix special, the only way that that will work is if that sets up a feud with Dolph Ziggler for him not getting the Netflix comedy special. And then yeah, there, don't you the <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've seen some of Dolph's
1: comedy. I mean, it's not—he's not, you know, Andy Kaufman. Uh, or
2: John Mulaney, but, uh, it's, it is what it is. It's fine. Yeah. That's a high bar. You know, I mean, he's okay. He's not, I mean, it just takes time and stuff like that. I don't think he's bad at all. I think no. uh, wrestling does a good job of kind of readying you for that because you're in a live audience. You kind of have to roll with the punches, but.
1: I think also we're in an era right now. Um, you know, podcast being a great example of this, like there's so much comedy out there and so many comedians out there that, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, a We've almost, I think become numb to it at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And so it's and the Mad Cop camp thing, I get I get what they're trying to do, it's just bad. So then uh, the Viking Raiders out there, and I got to be honest, I thought they were dropped in the last round of cuts cuz I don't watch raw. I was like, "Oh wait, they're still here."
2: Yeah, it's good to see them. Oh, here. My yeah. God. <laughs> I actually had that moment with Ricochet when I thought that he might have been cut. But I'm glad that Ricochet's still here.
3: Guys, come on. Come on. But I agree. <laughs> uh this was another match that while well, I didn't needed it felt fresh and that's when you start seeing that the draft does help sometimes get us to see some matches that we haven't seen before or for it to feel a little bit fresh even though this Smackdown to me felt slightly throwawayish, ish <laughs> but we, we did get a couple of like really fresh matches that we haven't seen an interaction between people that haven't interacted before
2: yeah, and I thought the Viking Raiders looked fantastic. This is like, they suddenly decided, let's make them look good. I mean, they always look good, but they look dominant in there. And I think Pat McAfee did a great job putting them over. Like, they were like a real deal tag team. I mean, they have all the talent in the world, but they always seem to kind of get stifled. But this was a really good start for them on SmackDown, I thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they, they won by count out. King Rail, we're going to get to your chat uh, in a minute, but it's Z2 dollars. So I need, need Madcap to see the inside of Tony D'Angelo's ah. truck. Trunk. There you yep,
3: go. agreed. That's excellent. Super chat. <laughs> and,
1: and that's the thing you're telling me. And it's no offense to Riddick Moss. I know you've been there a long time. I know you've been grinding. You're the guy I said looked like a buff, Shia LaBeouf, for many years. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got your points. But I mean, it's just like you got Mad Cat Moss and you got Keith Lee, and you got to pick one. I'm sorry. I'm going with Keith Lee. If I had to pick, it was my money. You know?
2: It's very right. interesting. Yeah, to see. Yeah.
1: Who would have thought and, And that's the terrible thing when they do all these releases, because every fan, I guarantee you, we don't want to say these things, because we don't want to disparage any current talents on the roster, but I guarantee you every fan in their mind, I guarantee you guys did it tonight too, everyone watching this podcast, saw at least one or two talents tonight on screen, and you were like, you kept this person rather than this person? Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a little grim to, to go, like, there. But, no, I get it. it. It it just makes you wonder what it is that they're looking for in terms of these talents. I mean, WWE has the things that they hone in on that they value more than others that maybe some fans value more that they don't. And so it, it's just uh, very interesting to see who they end up holding on to and who ends up getting released. Yeah, and that's
1: the point. You know, my, my perfect world, everybody has a job and everyone gets to keep working yes. there. But it's just, yeah, it's tough, though, to, to make – uh those judgments and decisions if you're picking.
0: Um, are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtowns Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtowns Healthcare at 303-292-9992 now in Lowry or Downtown.
1: So, let's talk about this first King Rail, $5. Super late to the show. Can you guys tell me why they cut the girl from Hit Row? I'm so confused. Why even bring her up? That's B Fab. And doing Pat, the club. Pat McAfee tonight said something about Hit Row. B- what was it? Be Fabulous. This is going to be
2: fabulous. Shout out to B Fab. Oh my god! And they cut her from the song. The yeah, best that's part the of the song. It's the best part of the song. And that's their whole gimmick. Hit Row. That's like what they want the people to say. And that's no longer part of the song. And you know, I mean, listen, maybe it was a wrestling thing because she's very new to professional wrestling as a sport and whatnot. But, I mean, if they're looking yeah, but for but you didn't even give
3: her the chance to learn it. And yeah, basketball. you got to have that right. opportunity to learn it. Yeah, and, and you're the one who decided to call her up when you put, when you debut her in developmental. If she's that green, if she's not familiar with wrestling, then keep them on NXT a little bit longer. Or don't put them in this great group together and then realize, oh, I have money. Let me bring them up. But she's got to go. It's, it's total bullshit. I'm sorry. This one I'm no, no, super upset it. by. But uh, you guys are being fans too. of Hit Row. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's whatever. You had her in developmental, then keep them down there a little bit longer. If they wanted to stick with the, with the Hit Row stable, then have the patience to wait for her to get a little bit better. A. B. I mean, she was also released, but you have had other people up there, like Eva Marie, who can't wrestle, but you had them up there because of what they brought if BFAP did bring something to this faction.
2: Yeah, I think it Um, might've been a seniority thing too, maybe because she was so new, they cut her. Because I don't, I'm not comfortable with it. The fact that like, oh, well she couldn't wrestle. So we have to get rid of like, she brought something to that stable that was beyond wrestling. I mean, watching them interact with each other was to me better than most wrestling matches we would see in NXT. So I think there's a value beyond her being in the ring um, for BFAP.
1: Agreed. And people are speculating it's her vaccination status. Let me tell you, here's the reason I don't buy that. And this is just, I think that if you think there's, if you've heard there's a rule within a company and you think that that rule might not possibly apply to you or you might be able to get an exception for it, I think that you have to have a reason to have, I mean, I don't want to say ego, but you have to have a confidence reason. Like, well, I was champion on this brand and I was a hot call up. They're not going to cut me. Or, you know, I've got family in the company deep They're not going to cut – me. you have to have a reason to think you're an exception. And I just don't think – with Hit Row, I think it's great they got called up. But I don't know. It would also just seem really strange to me that in a group of four performers who came up and worked that close together that there wouldn't be some sort of common understanding, belief, camaraderie. And I'm just saying that – I'm just talking like the nuts and bolts of this right now. Not about what I don't care what you believe as far as it. I'm just saying when there's a rule, you have to have a reason to think there's an exception in the rule. And if you're in a group of people, you should be having a dialogue about trying to keep that group together, especially because they clearly wanted to keep that group together. It's the only reason why I, I, I suspect my, my inclination
2: is to say that that might not be the case. Yeah, I mean, you're never. never, everybody has their own reasons for why, so who knows who on that list is uh, the unvaccinated people. But, I mean, that is a good point in terms of them being such a close-knit unit that you would think they would be on the same page about that. Yeah, I would hope. But, look, okay, so tonight,
1: and and this is terrible because this is what overshadowed a segment tonight. Sami Zayn, the locker room leader, is going to show Hit Row how to make an entrance. (laughs) All I could think of in my head – and if you've never seen it, Google it. All I could think of in my head was one of Sami Zayn's early characters, Big Larry. Thank God Vince McMahon <laughs> has never seen Big Larry, or Big Larry would have returned tonight for a segment with Hit Row. I'm sure <laughs> of it. Uh, but we had Sami Zayn showing Hit Row how to make an entrance, and uh, then Hit Row uh, just ripping him apart.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah,
3: it was um, it was overshadowed by the circumstances, in my opinion. I, Hit Row just didn't feel the same to me, and I was. Extremely distracted, just thinking, why did they have to cut her? That's literally all I could think throughout this entire segment.
2: Yeah. I mean, it reminded you with the music that they had this new music. I did like the segment. I don't like that they play the background music. They really do need to drop that because that was something that, you know, a couple of weeks ago with that interest that they did. Yeah, we
3: mentioned that, too, yeah, that they playing the they... music over them, trying to cut their promos, and it's yeah. distracting.
2: Yeah, and they continue to do that. And so I would rather it be cappella. But the crowd was with it. They started chanting, you know, Sammy sucks. But yeah, yeah. no, I, you know, Hit Row as a trio didn't feel right, but they're just going to have to soldier on, you know, I'm I'm sure they have more than enough talent to, to hopefully make this work. Uh, but yeah, B-Fab was a, was a really integral part, I think, to that group.
1: Yes. And I, I mean, I, I honestly can say, I think she elevated it to the next level because there was something about it with the look where, I mean, like, again, you know, yes, they could have, I mean, they, they look like they could be a top hip hop, faction top yeah. hip-hop group like something about them she really was uh i think instrumental in helping them carry that look off to the next level i hope they work well without her the theme music needs like look you own the song at least keep yeah, her vocals right. on the song um do something with it but you know i hope i hope she uh lands somewhere good after this um but yeah it was just them like just cutting on sammy which was great
2: yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Sam is very good in that role. I love the idea he that he is going around to everybody saying he's the locker room leader and he's going <laughs> to teach them how. It's really, he's really good at it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he does a great job at just coming up with new inventive ways to still be relevant in these segments, right? Yeah. I still would like to see that doc- the documentary, though. just saying. <laughs>
2: they never paid that off, did they? No, no.
1: <laughs> very unlike them. Very, very unlike them. I <laughs> know. Man, if I'm Sammy or Kevin Owens or someone right now, after all these releases and whatnot, are you almost thinking that like I missed my window? You know, like yeah, no. yeah, you know what I mean. Like not Kevin coming Owens. up. Yeah, <laughs> both of their contracts are coming up at the end of the year, yeah. so you know they want out. Yeah, I know, but what, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where AEW is then. It'll be interesting to see when AEW gets to
2: its three-year anniversary if they renew all their talent deals. Yeah, that's a very good question. It'll depend on, you know, what their financials look like and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the main event tonight.
1: And uh, man, that's part of it tonight. It's like, I realize I, like, I feel like my view is more negative than usual. It's just like these cuts, man. Like, this has really just yeah. been a bummer. And what someone did a list. Was it Denise from Fightful? Someone put together a list. It was like over 100 talents they've cut. Since the
2: start 71, of the
3: 71 years. I'm sorry, seventy-one people in 2021 alone is like 106. With like through halfway through the pandemic to now. Yeah, it's got to
2: be over 100 since the pandemic. Yeah, sure. it is. Yeah,
3: it's just tough.
2: It's really, when you add front office cuts, it's probably over 200 because that oh, black body a, alone with 100 people.
3: Corporate people have been there's a lot of people in their corporate office that have been cut as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's just odd. It, it feels tough to root for this company. Or even enjoy their product a lot of the time, and I mean, I think like like most of us we're watching it because we still do like and want to support the talents that that are there that we right. that we followed for so long. It's so like I don't want to give up
3: on them, um, but, yeah, but they do make it hard to to be a fan or to root for WWE. You can't.
1: Yeah. So Xavier Woods versus Jimmy Uso tonight.
2: Uh, Alfred, what did you think of this match? I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a lot of fun, especially because they invoked that bend the knee stipulation. I think that was a success in terms of how people received this match. Um, And I like the fact that, xavier woods or king woods i thought at first oh god they're playing this for comedy and this is just gonna they're gonna kind of shoot horn this guy but i think this is the perfect balance of yeah. him knowing just like what they did with the new day they know when to be funny and then sometimes something will come along where they have to get a little more serious and the fact that he's rubbing elbows with roman reigns and they had this thing where he won again and mm-hmm. like King got his crown and a scepter and demanded i thought this whole thing was great i, I really do like what they're doing because Now it's like the New Day on SmackDown. They're like right there with Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre in terms of the are the top guys they're building around. And I really like it. And I like how the Usos were. Um, So I thought it was good.
3: Yeah, I thought this match was a lot of fun. I I enjoyed it. I like seeing what they're doing with Xavier Woods. He's felt like a bigger deal since winning King of the Ring. And I'm with Alfred when I say I thought it was going to start getting a little into the joking side but it's not he he's doing his best as as his character while still being taken seriously I mean he's getting Superman punched by Roman Reigns and I'm sorry that is that is a win in in any situation and what I mentioned earlier I would like to just make that point again right now that it's just like you're doing the New Day and the Usos once again and it doesn't feel like their past Mm -hmm. feuds and that's a big win because these guys love their matches but they have feuded a lot of times so for them to still manage to be Making it feel fresh, you have to give them props for that.
1: And uh, was I was I the only one that during all the bend the knee talk was getting boys to men's unbended knee stuck in their head? Because I was just talking <laughs> that
3: was about a what a classic. What a classic. So now, yeah, now, now, now I'll have it stuck in my head. I'm, like, yeah. take... I'm going to listen to it and drink when we go off the air. Hey.
2: So,
1: somebody <laughs> cut the the bare bending of the knee that we saw tonight to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Kingwood's won. And Jimmy was uh, was going to do it, and then Roman attacked,
2: punched yes. him right out of his crown. That was a, that was a great visual.
1: Yes, it was. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, right, to have it be like here's this whole story that we're building up with Jimmy and Xavier, this whole feud, and then like Xavier wrestles a great match, wins, and it's like, oh, you want this payoff? Nope. Roman runs yeah. everything.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that was real. I mean, I guess it's good to get heel heat that this is what, the, you know, the payoff was supposed to be and just as he was going to do it. You know, Roman came in there. So I don't like that they didn't pay it off, but I do like this for the Roman Reigns character because they did talk this up throughout the match. Like, can you imagine Roman Reigns, how he's going to feel when somebody bends the knee for somebody other than Roman Reigns? So you can kind of see where this is going. Yes. yes. I,
1: I'm sorry, Issa, but I think I pointed this out on this podcast two years ago. If the commentary ever says, can you imagine it's not happening? <laughs>
3: Right. Right. (laughs) That's funny. No, I was going to say, I also feel like we're teasing a little bit of tension within the bloodline because Roman on his opening promo mentioned how the bloodline lost last week, the one week that he wasn't here. And now look, they had to do it again. Roman has to save him when the bloodline is supposed to be the one saving Roman. So I do think you're also starting to plant a couple of seeds within the bloodline themselves.
1: Yeah. So that was SmackDown tonight
2: and it finished early. Episode yeah, one The Phantom
1: Menace was still on TNT
2: before Rampage started. Very magnanimous <laughs> of them, giving you time to, to get ready for Rampage, to change the channel so that you can catch yeah. the show right there at the beginning. How nice of them. Yeah, to watch
1: the end of The Phantom Menace and go, I don't remember any of this. Yeah. Did, did I forget? Was this actually a good movie?
3: And I just somehow <laughs> forgot it. Oh my God, I watch so many endings of so many movies on Wednesdays. Every time I tune into AEW, there's always like the last two minutes of... Usually it's actually always what?
2: the account, ready player the one or
3: like it's always the same movie it's like it feels like but yeah i always catch the end of movies thanks to AEW.
2: man on fire was one one time with denzel which yes. is a very sad ending not to spoil it but i remember because i've seen the yeah. movie and i loved it but i'm never gonna see it again because of how it ended and i tune in and that was the ending i was like oh no i'm gonna cry before i might <laughs> <laughs> i didn't cry I, by the way i did not cry it's fine. It's okay, you, you can it's it. not that there's wrong with it. I'm just <laughs> if,
3: you're, if you if it's okay to have emotions, Alfred. Please. You're
1: right. You're right. As Rosie Greer said, crying lets the sad right out of you. <laughs> uh, so AEW Rampage tonight, following up an airing of the Phantom Menace on the TNT. Um, this might be a recency bias. I think this might have been the best episode of Rampage
3: yet in more. a long time. In yeah. a long time. Yes, I'm right there with you.
1: Probably I since think, CM Punk's yeah. debut, since the first, uh, or the second episode.
2: Yeah, I think it's the best thing CM Punk has done since he's debuted. You know, yes. outside of the debut, which is great. This is by far the best thing CM Punk's done. Aw Phil is dead. Yeah, love it. <laughs> Loved how it opened, too.
1: Oh my god, for Halloween, we watched The Girl on the Third Floor. I didn't realize CM Punk is the star of that movie. Yeah.
2: From like, what I saw, that he's actually he's a pretty good actor. I don't think he's a bad actor at all, and he's good on um, heels too on the stage. Yeah, the show. he was okay. The girl the third floor had issues. It was very
1: derivative, but he was not a weak point. He actually was, I thought was very like held his own in a movie that's mostly yeah. just him and Haunted House. Um, so we opened. Oh my God, Max
2: Caster tonight. Woo! Oh Max my God! <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I? If I may, uh, the lines that it's going to get everybody talking and piss off Stanford. He said, "I'm going to put you in the poverty dog because I end careers quicker than your father-in-law." In reference Ooh. to John Laurinaitis, the father-in-law of Daniel Bryan. Just so timely. I love Max Caster. Me too. Me too. Th- this was
1: his moment tonight. I think these were his best bars. I think that he finally <laughs> learned how to do this without like pissing people off. You know, how to get the crowd on his side, basically.
2: I mean yeah, I mean, an me
1: sh-
3: it's you
2: know, he's gonna turn Yeah, I'm mentioning
3: those cuts, like I mean he did it I don't want to say in a tasteful way, but you get my point. It was a good way to get to 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 drop that bar on I mean, I loved it. I popped huge. I was I literally screamed. I'm <laughs> like, <how? laughs>
1: if you go back and watch Eight Mile, Lotto and even Papa Doc weren't like dissing the crowd. They were still trying to keep the crowd on their side. right? You know, there was an art to that.
2: Yeah, they're going for the O's and they're, you know, more or less dissing B-Rabbit.
1: Yes. (laughs) And I think that uh, this was very good tonight. I thought his bars were great. And then Brian Danielson versus Anthony Bowens. I think this felt very fresh. Um, This felt like Anthony got a good chance to be showcased. Oh, yeah. Brian Danielson still won. But... This was just a really hot match, perfect length to start the show. I thought this was so, so well done.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Very, really good, yeah. I, I like that they showcased Anthony Bones. Like you said, he got a lot. The one nitpick I have is that he like showcased this new move that they really put on over the arrival, which is a cool-looking move. But it's more of a finisher. And then Brian Daneson just kicked out of it, and they just kept going. Uh, so I would have rather that be showcased as a finisher, because I'm sure that's what his finishing move is going to be. But I had no problems with this match. I thought it was fantastic
3: yeah brian is illuminati confirmed i will complete. i will continue to repeat that he just looks so good he's having so much fun what is it (laughs) 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 he's having so much fun one of my highlights every time his music hits because the music is so good so i always want to party as soon as i hear it but every time his music hits i feel like i'm in for something that i'm going to enjoy no matter who his opponent is so i'm very happy i i thought that Max Caster was well, and this was a hot opener. I and, and seeing what they had lined up for Rampage and starting that way, I had a feeling we were going to be in for a fun episode, and it was. I really enjoyed this episode of Rampage, and this was the perfect way to open it.
1: Super fun. And then CM Punk comes out, and <sighs> I got to admit, based on recent weeks, I was like, oh, here we go again. He's just happy to be <laughs> here. You know? But Interrupted Tonight uh, by Eddie Kingston, they traded words. I thought this was... If Eddie Kingston has not had a true star-making moment tonight was was it? I thought in terms of just promos on the mic, toe to toe. You can
3: say it, Glenn. He ate it up, no crumbs. Eddie Kingston ate this segment up. Now CM Punk was just great, but you're talking about Eddie Kingston toe to toe with CM Punk, and he just oh my god, this was amazing. No, he did not back down, and when he said. He said, "Do me a favor after I kick your ass. Quit a game for another seven years." <laughs> oh, I was like, "Oh, man.
2: that's yeah, that's the line. That's when that's when he had to set it off."
3: Yeah, that that was the line, and I I this is what I want to see CM Punk do, right? I being I've been vocal about not being into what they're doing with CM Punk, but you don't have to put him in a title feud. I don't need to see him in a title feud. I just want to see him in a title feud with somebody that we're all invested. This felt great. I absolutely loved it. I, 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 they don't even have to have a match. I think Alfred, you tweeted it. Let them go promo. Have a promo wars at full gear. Let them just talk on the mic for 20 minutes. I'll take that.
2: Me too. Yeah, a hundred percent. I thought this was fantastic. We were talking about this on Wednesday on the Dynamite podcast, and I was saying CM Punk feels like the heel in this feud uh, because, you know, Eddie Kingston's a people's champion. He will get people on his side just for being such a great promo and so emotional and such an everyman that people are going to by default cheer for Eddie Kingston. And that's what happened uh, throughout this you know exchange. I think they did a good job of inserting lines designed to get Eddie Kingston booed. Like when he said, nobody wants you here. Yeah, they turn on him, but for the most (laughs) part, they are chanting for Eddie Kingston. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the fact that they're framing this like CM Punk wants an apology is kind of a heel thing for CM Punk to be doing, Yes, and then CM Punk kind of looking down on him, condescending, oh, you know, maybe you should be on AEW Dark. Like, Eddie Kingston is going to get babyface support in this feud, (laughs) like you saw some of it tonight. And this just felt so real. And I know these two guys, I'm sure, have like respect for each other in real life. But watching this yes. made it feel like those Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels promos. Yeah, when I go back and watch yes. those, knowing how much they hated each other in real life. You can feel how real that is when they're just trading these bars, and they captured that. And I, I think it was just fantastic how they did this.
1: I think Eddie needs to go over and win at full gear. I think this is to be CM Punk's Oof. first loss.
3: Wow. I mean, I, I would, I would love to see it, but I don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> <clears throat> to Alfred's point, I love that um, Eddie Kingston immediately after he said that line said, nobody in the locker room is going to say it, but I'm going to say it, referring to It's not the fence. I'm talking about the wrestlers back there who didn't want you back here. I absolutely, I just absolutely love that. And Alfred, to just like even make another point to what you spoke about on Wednesday, I felt this was heel of CM Punk because, yeah, I get it that Eddie Kingston interrupted him, but CM Punk comes out, cut that amazing, beautiful promo for Moxley, and then calls out Kingston for not being there when Kingston is Moxley's best friend. Yes. I wouldn't want Eddie Kingston to be there. He's probably got to be as affected as a close friend and family member of, of Moxley. So it's like, why are you calling him out right now? And I also almost wanted Kingston to bring that up tonight and be like, you, you're trying to call me out here on a day that I'm extremely vulnerable. My best friend is yeah. going through something. But I appreciate them not putting them into a storyline, but from huh. that moment, I'm like, how are you going to cut a promo about Mox? And then talk crap about his best friend which we all know you know is is eddie kingston so i i feel like cm punk is very hillish and which makes this even better yeah
1: i but the thing is given that they're relatively close in age and experience levels this isn't a cm punk wins and then attaboys you know the the loser is like you did good kid you went the distance like I think Eddie needs to win this. I really, really do. I think that that will That's give you... very me-
2: interesting. It might be too early to beat CM Punk, and if you're going to have a moment like that, is Ed- Eddie Kingston, I think, is kind of a made man already in AEW in terms of I don't think he needs a win like this. And if you're going to have this big moment of somebody beating CM Punk, I think it should be like an MJF or somebody on their yeah. way up. Maybe Darby Allin gets that win back. Uh, but listen, I wouldn't have a problem necessarily with Eddie Kingston winning because I just thought he was on fire tonight. And I think there is something very special about Eddie Kingston. He has skills that like people would kill for in pro wrestling in terms of getting you interested in his matches. He could do that in a moment's notice. And uh, But listen, I, that, the fact that we're talking about this, I think is a credit to him and CM Punk for really making this feud pop. It's really yeah. brought something out of CM Punk tonight. Uh,
1: Tina Miller, $5, saying, I sing his praises every day, but Eddie encouraged me to be honest about my depression. He's so real. I was like the Tex Avery Wolf during that promo. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: this this was so good tonight. Um, and just talk about like between this and the opening match, just it's funny. I felt a little tired after SmackDown. I was just stressed about yeah everything. Um, this yeah this this was just a boost, man. This was uh, fantastic. So uh, we went from oh then this devolved into a brawl, which was great.
2: Yeah, really them
1: trying ball. to split these guys like a really good brawl, like one that did not look the usual fake or forced like. Situation. This this looked real. This felt real. This was very good. Name dropping Samoa Joe in that promo and some other yeah, guys got a big pop. Yeah, he got a
3: big pop. It was excellent. It was it was a very perfectly done segment in my in, you know in my opinion. I I thought it was enjoyable, and I did see the reaction from the live crowd as well as the internet crowd. Everybody was behind this. They loved it.
1: And they're just laying it out there, so uh, AEW has more reason to buy those Ring of Honor
2: tapes, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I will say, what was creatively different from this is that they started out, like, literally in corners, like, in each other's corners, as far away as possible. And as that thing picked up, when the barbs were getting more and more personal, they were coming closer and closer to so where by the end of that, they're literally in each other's face where CM Punk headbutts. And I thought that was really well done to really build the tension throughout this uh, exchange.
3: Yeah, also shout out to um to Eddie Kingston for finally just saying some of the things that everybody has been saying about CM Punk and nobody in AEW has wanted to say because he's just happy-go-lucky CM Punk. And here comes Eddie Kingston just dropping some of the bombs.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um. And then,
3: oh man, Red
1: Velvet versus The Bunny had the unfortunate honor of following all this. Uh, So this was the last round of the opening tournament for the TBS title. Alfred, what did you think of this
2: match? It was fine. I I think the bunny is excellent. So, I mean, Red Velvet's a little more inexperienced, but I thought they both worked well together. Um, I thought it was a fine match. It was, you know, didn't give them too much time, but I thought this was fine. And I'm actually looking forward to Cargill and Red Velvet. I expect that to be very short, kind of like a David Goliath type matchup, but I'm here for it. How do these short women's matches yeah, it's happening everywhere. It's a pandemic. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna time these women's matches. When this tournament's over, I'm gonna look at the average time of these matches and compare it. And not with any axe and grind or whatever. I wanna just compare these two to see how long on average these women's tournaments matches go. Oh, you know, we didn't talk about this tonight. We forgot on SmackDown that Shotzi Blackheart sounded like she future endeavored her tank. I hate I hate it. This is more of WWE shooting itself in the foot. And taking this great thing where it's ready made, she's got the tank, merchandisable, and no, no, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna take Shotzi's tank. Just like yeah, we're gonna carry a Helmet.
1: Yeah, I don't need a tank to run her over.
3: Terrible. The one thing, the one thing that we liked, they're gonna take it away because that's what WWE does. Whether it's a gimmick or a wrestler that we like, they're gonna take it away. Yeah.
2: They'll so either take away something that you do like or they'll add something you didn't ask for. They're so like subway. <laughs> Eat fresh, baby. sure, yeah. Did you ever see that
1: Tom Green video from Canada in the 90s where he just keeps asking? Where he's just like a little more lettuce, uh, a little more pickles, and he just keeps going till the sandwich is like six inches tall, yeah,
2: yeah. Always think of that. Tom Green, Tom Green former uh, America's player in Big Brother, Issa, which I did vote for Tom Green that season oh. to be American Oh, player. I love Tom, Tom
3: Green. Green in Big Brother. Love yeah. Tom Green in Big Brother. It was a whole different side of him. <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, man, uh, yeah, I thought the Bunny did well tonight. Red Velvet got that win. Uh, we'll see where this tournament goes from here. Um, and then, what are they doing with this Adam Cole thing? Oh, my God. So, like... Okay, let's, let's just talk real about this. It was Adam Cole and the Young Bucks where, versus John Silver versus the Dark Order. Are they too inside now where, okay, we heard the rumor that Adam Cole didn't resign because they wanted to cut his hair and make him a manager. And we're going to lampshade that. And uh, I mean, they, they're like, they're making this like front and center in the story, man. Like, is this
2: going to get over with anyone? The problem is who it does get over with. I think the problem is it gets over with these live crowds who they go to the shows, they watch BTE, they're really into it, so it's going to get a great pop. But as a television viewer who follows AEW closely, I didn't know anything about this bunch thing. I haven't seen BTE in a couple of weeks, so I didn't know what the hell they're talking about. How do
3: you not know this whole bunch thing? Which Commentary did a good job, I will say, for the television audience. Commentary was like, what is this all about? And then behind them, you can see all of the bunch signs, you know? But agreed, agreed. If you watch, like, look at the views that the audience that you have with Rampage and Dynamite and look at the views that VTE gets, you should understand that this is not going to be something that everybody gets.
2: No, not at all. I mean, I I did, you know... Go back and watch to see what the references were. And look, this is something that their audience, especially the people who are there live like, but they really got to be careful doing this thing where it's this insider references because you're really alienating a lot of people, a lot of whom watch the show and follow AEW on TV. So you don't want to lean too much into the stuff that's on the internet on YouTube.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I think Budge, I mean, whatever, it's, this is not a mainstream product the inside jokes like this that rely on advanced level fandom to understand it. I mean, it's just, this is not how you make a mainstream product and this is not what TBS or TNT is paying them for.
3: Or they need to do a better job at explaining where these references are coming from and get some of your TV viewers to go over to these YouTube shows. Because I personally, I'm one that have enjoyed AW more when I started getting into BTE and following those storylines. And i felt lost at times in the beginning when I wasn't watching it on a constant basis. But they don't do, they don't really mention BTE. They mention Dark and Elevation, but they don't mention BTE, which should be part, I get it because it's like their own channel, but should be part of their YouTube programming if they're going to involve it so much into their TV storylines as well.
2: Yeah, I would like to see at the very least a clip, a 30-second clip from BTE of what's going on here that's not only going to encourage people to watch BTE, but then you're going to have the thread So, oh, this is what they're talking about.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, the match was fine tonight. It was entertaining. I don't know. It just feels like if Adam Cole is such a hot pickup for, and he is, I think, um, to get someone that's literally on NXT TakeOver and like two weeks later on an AEW pay-per-view, that's huge. It, fe- like, it feels, I'm sorry, this this feels like a very, um, like this whole Budge thing feels like a very mid-card storyline. Um, this feels to me like a waste of his talents.
2: Yeah. I, I, it does seem beneath Adam Cole, but I did like the final few minutes of this match, how they really did a good job convincing you that maybe John Silver was going to pull this off. Like the crowd was definitely Agreed. convinced that it could be an upset and I really did like the finishing sequence, but this, <laughs> I think it might even be the least John Silver. <laughs> I don't know who that was. But it might even be beneath John Silver to be doing this. I think he, he's above doing this on TV. And the match was yeah, good. And I think, think, the think
3: they've awesome. done a good job at showcasing the dark order lately as well. Like the single guys from the dark order in their matches, they look looked excellent.
1: We need more dark order uh infomercials and commercials and they
2: need to start running like a multi-level marketing scheme. Yeah. Those were really good. They they were really well produced when they do those infomercials. About people who are like down on their luck.
1: Yes, and it needs to turn out like they're selling like uh, Herbalife or Amway or something. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, now that I think about it, those dark orders early commercials—very Squid Game esque in terms mm-hmm. of targeting people who are in trouble and trying to bring them into your world. I have not seen Squid Game yet, but I. Oh it. my god! How? Okay, so I. I oh, right it. it is so, we so good. We talked about this podcast.
1: I got more DMs about this the other night, Alfred. I dropped that. I found out you could get like a $50 to $100 wireless kit. And for 150 bucks, you could buy a slim subwoofer to put underneath your couch. Uh, I got more DMs than I've ever gotten from this podcast. People like, dude, what, what'd you buy? How do you hook this up? And then when I was like, oh, well, now I've got the wireless kit, I could split that. And for like 100 bucks. I can get a second subwoofer under my couch. So we've just been watching like movies, like all the, I've watched the Jurassic Park T Rex scene at least 100 times to like. Oh, there, oh, base good on the thumb. subwoofer. Yeah. Well, you got you to fine tune the base. That's really the key. But Squid Game, we're going to get around to it. We're caught up on our other TV. We finished the season of Evil. Holy shit, that series! Issa, have you started Evil yet? Because that's right up your alley.
3: I did. I started Evil and I started Squid Games. <laughs> Haven't finished them, so I have a crazy yeah. dog
2: here. Sorry. Here's the thing: Squid Game is excellent on bass. If you're going for the bass in terms of the soundtrack yeah. we have and some of the sound effects of the you know people dying, it's great. Okay, well there you go. We're, I'm going to check it out. I've got I've got two subwoofers under the couch, one in the front.
1: I think I'm covered on the bass, and uh, what do I play to to fully also tune it? Uh, Sir Mix A Lot's Testarossa and Latrim's Cars that go boom. Because yes. really, if you got a system. That's how you make it all work. Um, so I had something else wrestling related. Oh, I want to say this about Rampage. Chris Jericho was not on commentary tonight. Big improvement. Chris Jericho, it was great. A fantastic it wrestler. Was great. Commentary podcasters. without him is better. Love him as a wrestler, love him as an entertainer. I think uh, I think Judas, one of the best rock songs of the last 10 years. But I'm sorry, Chris, on commentary,
2: you're uh, a little much, as my people might say. I-, I like him every now and then. I don't even think he's that bad of a commentator. But week after week after week of that does add up. And I do think that they should use Jericho in spurts when they're doing him on commentary. Because I just didn't think he also didn't really gel well with the four-man booth because of you know how bombastic he is. This was so pleasant tonight. It complimented the show. It didn't upstage or overshadow
1: it. Yes. Um, this, I think, made it a more enjoyable episode because, I, I mean, yeah, it just it was, it was a nice vibe. I, I agree. There you go. So, that was tonight in wrestling. Tune in next week. Let's see who's left on the WWE and NXT rosters.
3: or on the, Or on the podcast. We don't know if we have a job.
2: It's true. Yeah, it might not <laughs> we be. Can't, we can't do a, no, a
3: podcast no. if we don't have any money in the product to cover. <laughs>
2: uh, if Raj did not send any of us emails, we will see you guys Tuesday.
1: Yes. Everybody, have a great weekend. Uh, he's at This Is Nasty. She's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with a one. I'm Eglin Rubenstein. We'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care.